You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Delon Kennedy. Uh, thank you with the Love Logical DNA Not Required podcast. Uh, today we're going to have my Love Logical grandfather's program, Chance for Life. Uh, we have a couple of special guests with us. Uh, I have Lionel sitting to my left. I have Donnie next to him. And over the phones, I have uh, Mr. J-Mo. All right, they're going to be telling us about a few things. Um, before we get started, I want to give a shout out, if you guys can see, to um, Two Times Focus. You know, I, I love the guys. They always look out for us. I'm going to look out for them. And um, let's get it going, fellas. Uh, I want to say hello and welcome today. Thank you, Delon. Thank you very much. Thank you, D. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, formally introduce myself. My name is Lionel Smith. I'm intern for the Chance for Life organization. I'd like to thank you for having me on your program today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my name is um, Donnie Harris. Speaking uh, to the mic a little my bit. My name is Donnie Harris. Yes, sir. You know, I'm also an intern for Chance for Life, and I'd like to thank you and your mom for inviting us up in here to stay. All right. And I'm I'm Brother J-Mo. I'm a Chance for Life transition coaching consultant. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. J-Mo, thank you for calling in. And uh, we appreciate you guys all being on the podcast with us today. Um, you know, I want to start out by just, you know, talking a little bit about the Chance for Life program. Um, can can one of you guys break it down to me and explain to me how, how you feel about the Chance for Life program and what it is and what it does for people? <laughs> yes. Uh, J-Mo, would you like me to take that question? Yeah, go take care. Go and take care, okay. bro. Chance for Life is... Uh, behavioral modification uh, program designed to help men and women transform by the renewing of their mind. Us, myself, J-Mo, and Donnie, we began the Chance for Life inside Mm -hmm. in uh, prison. Okay. And what we did was we went through this intense training program. Myself and Donnie began it in 99, went through this training program for like seven years under our executive director, Ms. Jessica Taylor. This training program consisted of Conflict resolution, 40 hours of mediation, 15 hours of training the trainer, critical thinking, becoming a person of influence, communication skills, men concerned with youth, family, and friends, and substance abuse awareness. And what we did was we took this training under her for seven years, and once she trained us with this intense training, then we began to spread and be dispersed around Michigan to other prisons to set the programs up and recruit new guys to facilitate the programs as we did. That's how other men came along. And then now what we are doing is we are setting up the same program outside for Chance for Life outside with the same curriculum to reach the younger men and the families outside here to help them become better men by the renewing of their mind. Okay, okay. All right. Um, which one of you guys was, I know I uh, was told that one of you guys was the original 
That would be Donnie. Donnie, you was the original man that was in Chance for Life, man. How did yeah. you you got the whole program started, man, right off the ground? Yeah, that'd be that that'd be me. Um uh, as um Lionel said, uh, we we was introduced to the program in um nineteen ninety nine. And uh it was uh it was an honor to have um you know, such people as Mr. Adams and Miss Taylor come in and show that they truly cared, you know, for a group of men. You know, um, through a, um, a lady named Marion O'Ross, they believed that um, men in prison, there was some good in us. All we needed was the proper tools mm-hmm. and the proper education and training to bring out the best in us. So through the training, as Lionel explained earlier, through all of this different type of training and stuff, uh, we became um, the model of this mm-hmm. of this program, which is Chance for Life. Okay. Um, it, it was it was an honor to be the first, but you know the first meeting that it was something that we started, but without the help of everyone who came along with us, yeah, like Lionel and 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 J Mo, mm-hmm. you know guys like these here help us build the program to what it is today. Yeah, they they help come 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 together. You yes, know, it, like yes, yes. it takes a brotherhood in order to change yeah. your mind. You know, sometimes you you try to do it on your own and focus. You know, but. It's always better when you have, you know, people with you. Um, yeah. So <laughs> another day in the life. Um, so let me ask, uh, like, you know, altogether I was told that you guys have around like over, you have over a hundred years of time being in the system, you know, and that's, that's, that's a long time, man. You know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, man, you know, because I've, I've heard a lot of stories about it. You know, I've never personally experienced it myself, but I heard it's hard to, you know, keep, keep your mind, you know, and stay positive and things like that. What, what are some things that you guys did this to stay positive? Well, you know, entering prison wasn't, was, wasn't easy, you know, for a young guy. When I came in, I was 19 years old. And when I exited, I was 62. So I wow. did like 43 years in wow. prison. You know, so I had to uh, make multiple adjustments. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy at first. You know, I come into the system with the same mindset that I had that got me there. Yeah. So I continued that lifestyle for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I really didn't start changing how I started looking at things or evaluating myself truly until Chance for Life became a part of my life. Okay. At that particular time, I started seeing things differently. And at that time, it still wasn't easy. Yeah. But transformation didn't happen overnight. It yeah. took a long time. But when I realized that enabled for me to become better or become different, I had to get rid of the old values and the old belief system that I once had. Mm-hmm. As long as I continued to believe those things, I lived that life. And with the training that I received, through Chance for Life, I learned to do away with those things in that way of thinking. And I brought in something new, like our trainer tells us, she retrained us and rethink us mm-hmm. to get us to start thinking better. And that's where our model of um, Roman 12, 2, be ye transformed by renewing of your mind, that helps us. Yeah. And that helped me a whole lot. JMO, you want to go? Um. <clears throat> You know, Chance for Life is probably one of the most powerful programs out now. 
Um, we do a lot of great work out in our community. Um, as brother said earlier, only thing we did was take the program that we had in SAD, bring it out here, make it relevant, tap families into it because we understood as Chance Life that the family played the most critical role in a man and woman making a transition back out in the community. Yes. Um, and Chance Life is an umbrella. You know, it's, it's worked great for all of us. Um, as, as the man said earlier, you know, I came into the system at 15 years old and, you know, I, I wasn't the best person in prison throughout my years, but at, you know, I was graced and blessed to meet Mr. Adams and Jessica Taylor, I believe in 2006, and they had a profound effect on my life. And I was able to witness that they had that effect on so many other men and women lives. I think for many of us, it was hard for us to buy in to chance like that first, because our first question is, what do they have to gain by us having a transformation? You know, what yeah. do they gain by, you know? And we realized they gained the pleasure seeing us successfully become the men and the women that we are today. Many yes. of us are committed to doing work and serving our community. Many of us were serving the prison community when we were in there. And now we out here and we're serving the community and representing Chance Life brand as best as possible. Yes. 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 Two, you said 2006. What was so significant about 2006? For me, mm-hmm. I had, I was just released out of level five after 14 years. And I, I ran to Donnie Harris and he wanted the brothers like, man, I want you to become part of this program and get you off into it. You know, something that could be beneficial to you long run, you know, you know, I had leadership skills, but it helped polish me up in many other areas. And, you know, I knew how to critically think, but it polished me up in critical thinking and, it polished me up in communication. It introduced mediation to me from a different perspective. So mm-hmm. and, and I, I I believed in the brother Donnie and his leadership at that time. Him and Eric were coming. And once I entered the Chance of Life family, they embraced me. And Mr. Adams and Miss um, Taylor embraced me. You know, I consider both of them as spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers because I've seen their work ethic in how they have worked diligently on behalf of all the men and women. And unbeknown to people, they go into nine prisons every week. And for many years, they came into the prisons on their own dime. We didn't get contributions. We didn't have grants. We didn't have none of that. They came out of pocket to come in, come into the system and serve the men and women that were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Okay. That's, that's amazing. You know, and to me, it just... You know, like them, them coming in and just, you know, trying to change the mind, you know, like that's one of the hardest things in the world to do is actually to change the mind and to grow as an individual. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you have so many people around you that I would, I would say fail to, to see the big picture, you know, so that's, that's a beautiful thing that you guys can, you know, just, you know, you find other people who are like minded and, you know, people who want to change, you know, and. It's like you. That's that's a that's amazing right there. I can really respect that. What Thank about you, Mister Linnell? Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, the program, being able to find someone. And I always say that God gave us two of the best people in the world when He gave us Miss Taylor and Mister Adams. That's right. I came in the system when I was eighteen. Uh, I did. I served twenty nine years. Now I'm forty seven. When I first 
came to prison. I did the first 10 years of just being in prison, um, mm-hmm. falling into the same patterns of prison, being indoctrinated from the streets. That was my mentality. Still had the street mentality. And then, like uh, the brother Jamo said, Donnie. I was, inter- I was introduced by a guy, but Donnie was the one that took a liking to me, for lack of a better term, and, you know, pushed me yeah. to do better and to stick with the program because, you know, having that street mentality, it's not easy to see mm-hmm. what Tom and Jessica was really bringing us until you be there and see how genuine they are and that the tools that they was giving us or about to give us really worked for us. Yeah. So in 2000, when I got into the Chance for Life program, that's when my life started to take a change. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jamo said, the uh, first thing we all had to do in order to be in the core group of this program was to take mediation. We had to learn how to resolve our own conflicts. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, that was like the biggest challenge going through it, you know, yeah. with, with Miss Taylor <laughs> teaching us how to resolve our conflict. Yeah, 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 conflict. Because, yeah. yeah, because we all sat in the room with each other, not respecting, not even understanding the differences that we all had. So it was always conflict. <laughs> yeah. But she stood in that room and I got so much respect for it. She stood in that room and, and, and made us, you know, through yeah. the way she trained and how tough she was with us to uh, embrace this conflict resolution, this mediation. And from there, it started to, you know, to soften us up. I, I think I always use the, you know, Dahari's window the, about the hidden self because she seen things in us that we didn't see. Yeah. There was yeah. there was that she seen jewels in all of us with the, the men that's talking and the other men that's out and still inside that we didn't see. And so as she uncovered those jewels, then we blossomed. Then yeah. we was able to take this program to a whole different level and spread it to these nine institutions that Chance for Life is in now. And like uh, Jamo was talking about being able to go outside to the, the projects that we got out here to start giving these same tools to these young men and to these families to help uh, reestablish these communities and these peace centers in these communities. Yeah. So that was the change in my life when I got to Chance for Life and those last 19 years of my life inside is what brought me to this place of where I'm at now with dealing and uh, being so effective with the Chance for Life program. Yeah. What kind of tools did she what kind of tools did she use to you say, you know, like she was she was firm. But what kind of tools did she use to get you to to. To change the mind. It was her. Just raw. Jessica Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> may, may, may I add something to yeah. it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Go ahead, j Wolf. I think the number one food and ingredient, you've seen her as a mother. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So she knew how to use that tool yeah. to get into the toughness of her. Yeah, she could work that room yeah, she as can. a mother. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's like when you in the presence of your mother, regardless how how sick you are when you're in them streets. You have a level of respect for your mother and your grandmother yeah. that most men or women, young teenagers and young males don't lose. Right. And she utilized that too. And most of us gravitated to her because we began to see her as a mother figure, as a grandmother, as an auntie, you know, some of us as big mama. And <laughs> she respected who we were. You know, she understood we had our, our own individuality. She understood we held leadership in other religious organizations and other organizations. She respected that about us, and she never really tried to strip that from us. Only thing she did was use her motherly skills, polish herself in many ways, 
be brutal with us mm-hmm. and honest truth. And that was her best cue from my seat that I said yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah. to add to it, along with everything J-Mo said, it was like, it was Jessica. She wasn't going to back down. She was going to give you this training the way she know how to give it to you. And she didn't. it didn't matter if you didn't, if guys didn't see her as a mother. The mm-hmm. way she came in that room, her presence demanded respect. Her knowledge demanded yeah, respect. Knowledge, what she knowledge. gave us. Because you see a woman, you think, well, okay, it's a question mark. But mm-hmm. when she left that room, that question mark was erased. <laughs> it was gone. You, you, you knew who yeah, you was dealing yeah. with, and she wasn't. Yeah, uh, naive to the game or nothing, as we Ms. call Taylor. it. She knew exactly what she was she doing. She knew what she was talking yeah, about. Along okay. with the love that J-Mo was just so was talking that, about. It was that love, it was that love logical, like love logical family. She, is, she You automatically knew that yeah. you were, yeah. you yeah. were that love logical family, you know, that you were in there, that she was going to, she was going to ultimately show you respect, but she was also going to command yeah. it at the same time. No doubt. You know what no I'm saying? Doubt. Okay, okay. You know, I, hey, I'm telling you, I got to, that's how I, you know, I call him pops, but you know, that's yeah. how that's how Mr. <laughs> Mr. Adams <laughs> was to me, you know, like my whole life. Even when I came back from uh Colorado, you know, the first thing he told me was like, you know what, first thing you gotta do is you honestly need to go back to school. You know, of course I didn't listen, you know, I, I always think I knew knew what was best for myself, but now that I've been here for a while and I'm getting myself more established, I I understand, you know what I mean? And it's 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 that love, you know, that love logical family sometimes it's gotta push you in the the right direction no matter what you know so i can understand and i respect you guys for that um can i talk about mr adams for a minute yeah yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about pops okay yeah let's not leave him out because tom is a a visionary um i remember when when we first when i first started tom gave us he laid his vision out to us and you know us coming from the street having that street mentality we can't really see what he see Mm -hmm. we don't see it like he see it so but he, he stuck to what he seen. He stuck to that vision. Yeah, yeah. He never deviated from this is the plan. This is the way yeah, we're going to go. Everything he said and, he was yeah. going to do, he did. Everything he said he was going to do, he, he did. And everything he said that was going to happen, happened. So it's like we don't have a choice but to continue on into, uh, with this vision that he's laid out for us to do, to operate outside just like we operated inside because it all came to fruition just like Mr. Adams said. Now, it may didn't happen when we thought it well, it should happen, but it all happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he he we have to give him his credit yeah. for having the vision and believing in us you know, yeah. to to do it because he believed in us that we can do exactly what we did inside, and now he believing in us that we gonna do exactly what we supposed to do outside. You know, when we was down at Mound, we uh we had a a program called um, Transformation Award Ceremonies. Okay, and it was formulated for us to begin to honor um, ex-felons and even prisoners inside for the good work and deeds that they did throughout the year. These Transformation Award ceremonies gave us the opportunity to um, to meet a number of people that I would have never had met if it wasn't for Mr. Adams and Ms. Taylor. We met people through um, the governor, um, the mayor, you know, Congress people, you know, um, pastors, you know, my, my, my pastor, um, Reverend Branch, he sponsored me to go to Ohio University do a corresponding course. Okay, you know which helped me get some college credits, which mm-hmm. was which. It's good. Which is nice. Knowledge is power. Which is knowledge is power. You know, which yes, is sir. good. You know, and I'm working towards my associates now. So, Mr. Adams, through all his work and all the things that he have offered us and done, it has done nothing for me but better who I am. 
yeah, through yeah. the program as a whole. You know, and as Mr. Uh, uh, Smith, I call him Mr. Smith sometimes on there, uh, as he stated, you know, that uh, Mr. Adams is, a, to me, and I know to all of us, you know, go ahead. He's a, he's a great man. Mm-hmm. He's a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. He's a man that um, continue to um, do the things that he know is right, and and he and he hold us accountable. Yeah, that's the number and, one thing. And, and 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 some of the things, or one of the things that I admire most about him, you know, is that he's always respectful. Oh, the most respectful man in the, in the room, always. I love that about him. Yeah, and and another thing too is that uh, commitment. Yeah. You know, commitment is very important. And we this is something we used to teach in our classes or we used to make known to the students in our classes that we can teach a lot of things. But one thing that we couldn't teach was commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have to have within yourself, you know, to be committed to change. And those that, that chose to um, to be committed and change, they did. You know, and I'm one, Mr. Smith won, and um, mm-hmm. Jamo was another one. Okay, okay. Jamo, um, let me ask you, man, how did you how did you feel about the first time that you met Pop? So you met Tom Adams. Oh. I thought he was a pimp, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what he said yeah. too. Mr. Mr. Adams, he always tried to keep human. Yes. You know, when when he always came and he wanted to make us feel comfortable and good and he made us feel as we was just as important as he was, and we played just as a critical role in the organization as him and Jessica. So that 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 impressed me. Yeah. And what impressed me also, he, he always used to stress about the importance of being diverse. Mm. Having Melanic Muslims at the table, revolutionaries at the table, Moors, Nation, Christian, Jewish brothers, white, black. He understood the importance of having diversity at the table so you can learn. You know, that it, it was important to have a different opinion, religious mm-hmm. belief, philosophies at the table. And he never he never wanted no one to change that about themselves because it was those things that he was attracted to you about. He loved our individuality and our thinking. Um, so I was, I've always been impressed by that. Um, yes. And just his, his belief in us. One thing about Mr. Adams, he never tried to take credit for his part that he had played in the leadership. He always extended it to the men and women that was incarcerated. He always mm-hmm. minimized his role as being minimum, and that's just to been the visionary. And we had put it all in play on his behalf. But you know, often we always tell him, you know, don't you know, you worthy of honor that we give you and other people give you because you don't have too many people that have been family at the door of prison that seriously committed about men and women transforming their lives, coming out of society, being productive men, women father, husband, you don't have too many people doing that. Mm-hmm. Now everybody wants to be on the bandwagon of transforming people's lives incarcerated, but they were doing it when the cameras were on, when it wasn't popular, mm-hmm. yes. when you wasn't getting pennies to help men and women re-enter back into the community. Mr. Adams, Jessica Taylor was doing it for over 27 years, I believe, is that. So those are the things that have always impressed me about Miss Adams, that he respected us. He showed, he demonstrated his love time to time. You know, he would tend our pigeon, my mother's funeral, my grandmother's mm-hmm. funeral, my my father's, my both of my grandmothers. So just to see how much he supported us and believed in us, that has been very impressive to me about him. Okay. All right. All right. 
I, I yo, like I said, I understand a hundred percent when it comes to that. And pops, he's he's changed my life myself, you know. But uh, let's talk about you guys a little bit, you know. Like, um, let me ask. Uh, let's start with Lionel. Like, what do you what do you think? Um, what do you guys what do you guys plans? Like, what are some of the plans that you have for the community? You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to see changed around? Like, in the community around you? I want to continue to work with the Chance for Life program. I want to help, most importantly, try to help our youth, uh, but not just talk to them. We want to be hands-on with them mm-hmm. and work with these guys so that, you know, hopefully they don't have to experience the things we experience due to the, the pitfalls and the downfalls of the street life. Um, also in that, we support the families and help the families become um, better people, better families, and bring everything together. Our goal is to help the neighborhoods, to help make a difference mm-hmm. in the neighborhoods. And that's the, and the way we see it is we got to work closely with the people to connect with the people and not just talk about it but be about it. That's why well, J-Mo, when he talked about it in the beginning, about us being out here with him, we mm-hmm. have the facilities to work with these guys, to have the, the training out here and not just say, well, we're going to do this. No, we understand that you can't tell somebody something and not bag it up. We're not yeah, just going to tell yeah. you something. We're going to bag it up with the work that we put into it. The same way we put the work in inside, that's what we finna do outside. Okay. Put the work in with these with these young men, young women, and the families so that we can come together and make our communities better communities. That's right. Okay. All right. Mr. Donnie, you know, he said that uh, actually you guys were all talking about commitment. You know, uh, how do you think commitment could actually, you know, benefit the communities around you? Like, what, what are you guys, what about you guys' commitment? What, what do you think that's going to do to the communities? Well, I believe it's going to help. I, I truly do. Um, you're talking to uh, some dedicated guys, some guys that's sincere mm-hmm. and love what they do. And I believe that if you love what you do, you put more into it. Yeah. And we love this here. We love this program. We've seen it work from the ground up into where it is now. Mm-hmm. It's steady growing, it's steady building, and it's going to get bigger. Uh, I use a lot of the a lot of the tools and skills that I've learned inside through my training. I I use it every day with my family. Okay. Every day I use it with you know I have six sisters. All right. And they strong strong black women, mm-hmm. and they've been doing a lot on their own for so long. And I'm be, by me being the only brother left, and coming back into the family, it's like I'm the, like not the only man, but the man. Yes, sir. So I find myself using these skills every day and they becoming effective. I can see I can see it taking a change. I can mm-hmm. see it taking effect on them. So I know it works. It's just about being committed. When you mm-hmm. committed to something and you believe in something and you love it, you stick with it. So I believe that by Lionel, myself and JMO and the rest of the guys out here, mm-hmm. I believe that what we have to offer the youth, the community in itself is something positive. And I know it's going to work, and I know it's going to make a change. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Um, J-Mo. Yes, sir. How long did it take for you to change personally, sir? For me to change? Yeah. Um, I think it took a good, it took a good, I would say a good 20 years, to be honest with you, because I went into the system at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was locked up January of 1997, I mean, 87, and I was 15 years old. So it took me years to just 
you know, come to the reality that I had natural life. You know, and it took other years just for me to determine what was my purpose, like figuring all that out, figuring who I wanted to be, going through identity crisis, uh, coming into the prison system at that time, which was a very violent prison system. And like me, you know, you confront violence with violence because that's how you talk. So I, I, to be honest, I said it took me a good 20 years for me to really lock down and figure out who I wanted to be, what was my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a process. And being in an abnormal environment don't make it even better. Yeah, yeah. So it, right. took about, it took me about 20 years. And like I said, I was, for, I was fortunate and blessed to connect with Chance for Life, mm-hmm. um, which helped sharpen up my foundation personally, but also helped me structure my spiritual foundation, which was, has always been very important to me. Okay. So, and, you know, that's why I have been committed through my work through Chance for Life with our outreach program, where we're currently feeding families throughout Detroit and the Easter community every Monday. Um, we have other community outreach programs that we do. We provide clothes and for the community. So Chance Life, we're doing a lot of things to give back to the community because we understand that many in our community are voiced. And we understand that being that we have been taught how to critically think and how to effectively communicate, we have to be the, the voice for the voices within our community. So wherever we can feel the vacuum, whether it's homelessness, mm-hmm. poverty, um, you know, we there, chance like there, because our goal is to end violence in our community. We understand that the police can't end violence in our community. We have yeah. to end it, and we have, that comes through changing how we think and how we view each other. Oftentimes, it's difficult for you to have to have empathy for anyone else when you don't see the value in your own life. So that is mm. what Chairs for Life is committed to, mm. teaching men and women the value of their own life. That's right. Yeah, okay. Wow, that was really deep. That was really deep. Um, man, you had a you had an event this weekend. What was your event about this weekend, J-Mo? Well, we had an event called um, Sean Day. Young gentleman, he's 11 years old. He had a rare cancer disease. And um, by the grace of God, his his brother, his little youngest brother, was the only match in the whole country. So they had to go what? through the, the blood transfusion process, and we 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 had a great fundraiser. We raised we raised a nice bit of money for the family. We gave all the proceeds to the family. Um, the mayor Insta came out. Other city officials came out to support. Okay. So you know, we we made to the community event, and people enjoyed their stuff. And, that's one thing I really do appreciate all our volunteers, the entertainers that came out and performed. You know, so we, we had a great time and served the family. Um, young man Sean, he couldn't personally be there because due to his immune system and everything, though he couldn't be around a lot of people, but we yes. were fortunate to be able to see him through Skype. So that was a beautiful sight. He was able to visually see the love and support that he had from the the, the, the community in general, the Easter Detroit. And other communities throughout the Southeastern Mission came out to support his fundraise. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's 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 an amazing thing that you guys did right there. Um, Man, uh, so like he had a a rare blood disease and you guys just brought it all together to – Basically help support the, that's, that's, that's where it starts at supporting the community. Even if you go one family at a time, you know, like people are going to see that difference and it's going to actually help change other people's mindsets. You know, um, I can, I can really respect that and I appreciate you guys for helping him. Um, thank you. Thank you. And the thing about that is people don't really care 
until they know you care. That's right. That's yeah, yeah man. You, know, you you can you can tell people you know this that and whatever you want to tell them, but until they see you care, that's when the, that's when you start changing lives because that's what's missing is genuine care and concern for um, people. Yeah, you know, it's like, the love. Exactly. The love is what's important. That's the most key ingredient to any change is to to love, not just to yourself, but to love others as well. See, and I think that with with our program, with the Love Logical program, you know, I think that it um I think that that's what we're trying to spread in the community, especially to like some of these foster children. You know, like because you know, they they may get love, you know, from these people, but, you know, like sometimes they just need a little bit extra, you know, like that's why we do hair finance because it not only gets them a haircut, but it gives them the confidence, you know, like yeah. it's that you need that confidence, you know, and sometimes you just need like other people to talk to you about it, you know, even even if it's just, you know, once, once a month, it's that trust, you know, and yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. Donnie, I heard. um you you uh raise dogs, you train dogs? Yes, uh I was fortunate to uh, to be introduced to a, a program called the RPSM mm-hmm. um dog rescue uh program when I was at Lakeland Correctional Facility. Okay. For two and a half years I was honored to um to train dogs. You know, I didn't know anything about dogs when I got into the program. I thought I did the way I <laughs> yeah. grew up. Yeah. You know, but they taught me that um this was the, the correct way. To train mm-hmm. dogs, you know, rescue dogs, abandoned dogs, mm-hmm. um, stray dogs. And, uh, we had like 10 weeks, 10 weeks to reshape these dogs' behavior. Yeah. So they can be placed in a forever home. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of, um, training 14 dogs through my, through my, uh, two and a half year period. Yeah. And they taught me a lot. The dog, dog taught me how to care, mm-hmm. how to be responsible. You know, yeah, about yeah. another another being. You yeah. know, and and with that they showed me love. Okay. You know, they showed me affection, which drew me closer to them. Yeah. And so um yeah, I it was an honor to to be a part of that program and, and I hope to um to um, remain part of that, you know, uh, when I'm that I'm out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me I wanna ask, um so let's start with J Mo. J Mo, how long have you been out? Oh, I've been out Two years exactly Friday. I'll be discharging off the road this Friday. Yes, sir. Twelve o'clock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Got a time down. I'm surprised you didn't say the second. Uh, <laughs> you probably know how many yeah, hours you got yeah, left on yeah. J-Mo. I got less than 72. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you, Lionel? I was released, returned home March 26, March 2019. Oh, man. It's been okay. three weeks today. Three weeks a day. What about you, sir? What about you, Mr. Same, Donnie? Same time, March 26. March 26. Me and Donnie was actually released together. Same, 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 same place. Been three weeks since I've been, been honored and blessed, you know, with another opportunity in life. Yeah. A yeah. chance you know, for life. Through the Chance for Life program, which, and I, and, and I believe this in my heart, that without Chance for Life, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. I truly believe that. I truly believe that they, the program in itself as a whole, mm-hmm. brothers like J-Mo, brothers like Lionel here, mm-hmm. brothers that love the program, that, 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 that kept, we kept each other. Tom used to always tell us, police yourself. Yeah. Police yourself. This is you guys' program. Mm-hmm. He's always tell us that. 
And there was times when they didn't come in for for a while, and we had to keep the programs running. Okay. So we had to do the things that was right. We continued to do the things that was right and correct. Mm-hmm. That's why the program still exists in all the facilities that it's in now. Yeah. Because our commitment, what we believed in, we didn't sway from, you know, our, our morals, our, our beliefs, and it was a mission. It wasn't about the individual. You guys so, were all family. It was all family. DNA not required. You, you, you with us? We, we on the mission together. Yeah. If we ain't on the same road together, mm-hmm. we depart with you because yeah. we on the mission. A dream that Mr. Adams, Miss Taylor had, they bought to us. Mm-hmm. Now it's all of our dreams to continue to build this program. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure that you guys had other people in the groups with you. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And oh, yes. those those people see that you guys have been released and that you guys oh, are yes. doing a great thing. And, you know, I'm, it, that's how you, that's, they see that. That's how you change the mind. They're like, you know, they did the right thing. You know, the, you guys are the first of many. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. many are going to follow in your footsteps just because, you know, like, Maybe it is something that, that we need to do with ourselves. Maybe we do need to hold ourselves accountable. Maybe we do need to stay committed to a certain program in order to, you know, get ourselves back into the real world, back into everything that we need to accomplish in life. You know, we need to help these kids, especially, you know, one thing I can say is when it comes to the kids of today, you know, they <laughs> like it's it's like, man, I know I'm young. I'm only 32. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm young. But when it comes to the, to the kids that are even younger than me, I think the biggest thing that they're lacking is the respect. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, there is none. There is none. You know, none. I don't I don't know what changed, what happened. You know, one, over of the, time. one of the challenges that I face now is that you know, I live with my with my younger sister. Mm-hmm. And I have a nephew that stays there. Um. Unfortunate, you know, his father had did some time in Ohio, mm-hmm. eight years, and when he got out, he was only out a few months before he passed. Oh, okay, yeah, you know. So my nephew, he's young; he's only sixteen. He likes mm-hmm. football, so all the skills that I've acquired in prison, mm-hmm. I tried to breathe on him. Yeah, it's not easy coming into someone's life and them not knowing who you are. Yeah, yeah. And this approach is the same approach with any youth that you approach that you don't know or don't know you. Mm -hmm. So it's all about trying to build a relationship, trying to build trust, and trying to have a one. And as Duty said, uh, they don't, what you said, was this quote? They don't care. They don't don't care until they know how much you care. Right. They don't care what you know, what you say, until they know how much you You care. And even though I'm an uncle, even though I'm an uncle, he don't Mm -hmm. know me. Yeah. So it's it going to take time, you know, even with some of my nieces and great nieces. It's yeah. going to take time. But as time come and they begin to see, you know, how much their uncle do love them and care about them and the things that I'm giving them is the right thing. Then, and, and I believe I believe in time that it all is going to change and they're going to become better. Yeah. I do one, believe that. One, go ahead, J-Mo. No, I was about to say this. No, I I have the opportunity I, I speak with a lot of young people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in large forms as well as in small forms. And one thing I have one thing I have gathered from both situations is a lot of our young people are in pain. Mm, yes. A lot of our young people are missing love. A lot of our young yeah. people don't have parents. Mm-hmm. And I mean the definition of what a parent really is, not somebody is trying to be your friend, mm-hmm. trying to be you. 
they they lack they lack parental guidance. They lack people that genuinely love them. So in 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 so it's difficult to respect adults when the very adults that 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 was that that was entrusted to be protective of you are some of the same people who have violated you. Mm. Yeah. So it's difficult for you to trust out in the world because you think everybody have an angle. But once you once you sit down with a lot of these young men and women and they share their story and their pain and they see that you can identify with them and when you sit down with them, you're not being judgmental of them. You're not coming to the table telling them mm-hmm. to pull your pants up, stop using the word nigga, or stop this or stop that. You're accepting them as they are because right. you understand as a mature adult that they have went through some things and you have to build a relationship with them and gain That's their right. trust. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, once you gain their trust, mm-hmm. they would they gravitate to you. Mm-hmm. They would have the greatest respect for you because yeah. they see you coming to them out of unconditional love and you don't have no angle. No hidden agenda other than you want them to be healthy, mentally, physically, and spiritually, and you want them to succeed in life. So just a lot of our young people is in pain, and that's why we see the disrespect that they may have for other people. One of of the things I used to always say and that Chance for Life offers the young people is we listen to them. You know, they so used to people trying to, like Donnie and Jamo was talking about, trying to tell them what to do or come in their life pretending as if they they dead. They don't want to hear that. So mm-hmm. what I used to always do, and it, it was pretty successful for me, is I would listen to them and I would tell them that, hey, you're going to teach me too. Yeah. I don't want you to think that this just one way. This go both ways because mm-hmm. the reality is I just come out of a place where we was behind in a lot of things. So a lot of these young people was just coming inside. So I use that not just for them to help them, but I use it to my advantage because I can't move without y'all. Y'all got the like yeah. like now. We struggle with these phones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can go, go get his phone yeah. to my little nephew yeah. or my niece yeah. and hey, teach me how to work I this. I go to him for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if if you if you and that's a that's a form of showing them love that you care. Hey, I want to learn something from you too. This ain't just about me just trying about to tell me. you what to do. No, this is yeah, about all about of us. us. And that's what Chance for Life is offering. We offering that there. We open to them just like we want them to open up themselves to us. Man, that's deep. That's really deep. That's really deep. Like it's it's it takes them. You you may be trying to give them a message, but at the t- same time, they're they're teaching you something every day. Every day. Every day. Everything has changed from when we entered the system. Even Jamo, I'm pretty sure Jamo's still learning. Yeah. We never yeah. stop learning until yeah. you until you go. Yeah, that's the truth. That's you can't, knowledge, we, knowledge is power. Yeah, we knowledge can't shut power. them out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand that. Well, let me let me ask y'all. Let me. Uh, I want to hear a little bit of like your personal stories. You know, like I, I think we got about fifteen minutes left. Um, about twenty. I want to. I want to hear some of you guys' personal stories. You know, I want to. I want to know like. I want to know. I want to know your per, your personal life. I want to dig deep a little bit. You know who who's gonna start for me. Who's gonna tell me? Who's gonna tell me a little bit? My man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, give me I'll start. That'll give me a chance to think about it. Uh, <laughs> my life is is is, and all of us has you know unique stories, our own personal stories. Um, I was um, born to both parents being heroin addicts. 
And I grew up in that environment, you know, basically, well, not basically, literally all my life. Um, my dad was a hustler. He sold drugs all my life. This is what I seen. This is what he taught me. And when I say taught me, I literally mean taught me this, yeah. how to be a drug dealer at a young age. And I learned it through practice, you know, from, from him, from being with him, him literally showing me, practicing this stuff with him, dealing with the people that he was dealing with. And so every, I think every little boy wants to be like his dad. That's, yeah. that's our heroes when we grow up. So no matter what no matter lifestyle, what. that was my hero. Yeah. And he was, always, he was always there for me. He never turned his back on me, even in his addiction. So that's the life, that's the choice I made to follow my dad. And in that, that led me on a criminal uh, lifestyle, which ultimately led to homicide, which is what landed me in prison to spend the next, that next 29 years or the last 29 years, excuse me, of my life in prison. And so until 10 years into the sentence, I still operated from that criminal mindset. And then that's when Chance for Life got a hold of me. And I started to change, you know, gradually mm -hmm. things. I started letting the criminal lifestyle go and doing pro-social things, becoming a better person and making my life about serving and helping other people as opposed to destroying people in the community that I left. But literally, that was where I was at that particular time. Yeah. And I thank God every day for what Mr. Adams and Ms. Taylor has done for me through the Chance for Life program to get me to this point to where I'm at now. And yeah. I'm like, you know, like I say, I always promote growth. I'm always open and trying to learn something every day. And of course, I'd give God all the honor, all the glory and all That's the right. praise because That's it was right. him that opened the door for me, that brought them into my life and used Tom and Jessica to get me to where I'm at to this change, day. To change. The transformation. Transformation. Yeah. Man, what about you, Mr. Donnie? Um, I don't have a, a whole lot of memories of, of of my real younger years. Yes, um, and I don't know why, but you know, I grew up with six sisters and two brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, my brothers wasn't around very much, and a lot of things that I learned, and a lot of the the the, the good habits that I hold today, mm -hmm. came from my sisters. Okay. You know, um, cleaning, cooking, you know, taking care of the house, you know, um, chores and things like that. Uh, came from a home of separate parents. My mom and dad were separated when I was very young. Uh, I don't have very mem too many memories of my mom. I think I spent a lot of time with my father. And as uh, Lionel said, you know, he was my, my guy. Yeah. He was always... Whooping my butt when I did wrong, yeah. but I knew it was our love trying to keep me right. Mm -hmm. He worked he worked his tail off to try to support his family, and and I always remember you know him coming home and and taking us shopping and things like that. But you know I was sent to the training school at at a young age of twelve, and I stayed there till I was like sixteen, and when I was barely nineteen, I was back in prison. So my life as far as much living in the world has been small or very none. Yeah. My father too was um a, a drug dealer. So I learned um 
how to sell drugs through him. Yeah. And through that, that led me to uh, committing a homicide as well and ending up in prison with a life at the age of 19. Oh, man. So um, during that time, you know, I lost a lot of family. My mom, my dad, two brothers, you know, cousins and and nephews and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my life, but my life has been blessed. I never have given up hope. Mm -hmm. I always believed that, you know, somewhere down the line that the Lord would see the good in my heart that he knew I had. And yeah. He opened the doors for me, but I had to first change who I was, and, yeah. and show that he wasn't letting out that same guy that went in, and through the Chance for Life program that put me right where I needed to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's you that's know, a blessing, man. Yeah, it, it is. That's a blessing, man. That's a blessing. You know, I know, man. That's a, that's a blessing, man. You know, just being able to change the life, you know, and it's like just so the Chance for Life program gave you that new freedom, that love logical family that you were looking for in order to help you grow as an individual. Yes, it did. You know, gave you that strength to stay committed to the program, that courage, you know, purpose. Yeah. All that. That's a beautiful thing. That's J-Mo. Yes, sir. Uh, I, w- I would like to hear a little bit of your story too, sir. Uh, you know, especially you know with everything, you know. How- um, you know, my my story is typical of any young male growing up in the urban communities. Um, I grew up around drug trafficking for the most part of my life. Um, for many years, I thought my my grandfather worked at Ford and <laughs> get to get up every morning, four <laughs> thirty morning, take a bath, get up, put on clothes. I thought he went out to work. Unbeknown to me, my, my grandfather was a drug dealer, you know, in the 70s. As a matter of fact, the 60s and 70s, you know, he was well-known, had restaurants and bars. But like I said, I thought he was a working man. So later on in my young life as a teenager, I found out what lifestyle he was in and many other family members involved. Um, so I grew up around that environment. You know, my father personally didn't know him for probably like the first seven, eight years of my life because my mother got pregnant when she was 14 years old and I was raised by my grandmother like for about like the first six, seven years of my life, I, I was my grandmother's child. So, mm. um, and as I grew up as a teenager, you know, eventually it was brought to my attention that my, that my mother, who I thought was my sister, was actually my mother, my grandmother, my mother who sat down and had that conversation with me. So, like anybody, that would shake your whole entire foundation because six, seven years you've been believing that your grandmother is your mother. So that kind of shifts my foundation. But over time, me and my mother began to build an intimate relationship with each other. Um, Unfortunately, my mother was indicted with other family members in 86, and she went to prison. Um, I found out that my father, at the same time, he was in prison because my father was often selling guns and things of that nature. And um, unfortunately, in, um, in... January in 1987, um, me and a group of friends of mine who were also selling drugs at that time, we got into a competition with a gentleman for being disrespectful to one of our female friends. And unfortunately, um, I shot the gentleman. He lost his life tragically, you know, over my stupidity and immaturity. And, you know, from that point on, you know, I have always been committed to 
attempt to make amends for that tragedy act I committed at 15 years old. And that's why I live my life with one premise. You know, I'm here to serve our community unconditionally, and I'm in lifetime debt to our community for my actions at 15 years old. That's right. That's right. Mm. How did the how did the change uh the chance for life program, you know, like especially like you were so young, you know, when all this happened, you know, how did how did that help mold you into who you are today, Jamo? Um, I'd say the the, the the process of transformation took place, but chance for life it, it it showed me unconditional love for the first time I I I seen. Um that's what Jessica and Mr. Adams brought to the table, unconditional love. Wanted to see me to be a better human being, you know. Wanted to show me what love really is, you know, through yeah. the, through our teaching of critical thinking in the community and our family peace and all that. I was missing that component because I was in there such at an early age, and I can say even still to this day, I'm still learning, still growing, oh, still man. adapting to being with family and the whole dynamics of building that relationship. So, chance life played a critical role in some of the stubborn ways I thought, you know, I was still thinking it. So they helped mold and shake that and just basically polish me up, you know, to be help become the man I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to add, add a couple things, you know, um, I mean, when I met J-Mo, when I left my own correctional facility and I went to, um, Macomb and I was given the honors to go there and, um, open up, the Chance for Life program to train 26 guys. And I remember when I met JMO, I didn't know JMO before then, but we got to, we knew neutral people. Mm-hmm. Um, JMO was what he said he was. He, he was hard head, he was stubborn. Yeah. But I was persistent because I seen something in him. And as Julie said, as Lionel said, uh, you know, uh, if you see something in someone, and, and that quote that you said again? It's Jahari's window when you talk about the hidden self, the part of ourself that's in us that we don't see. And then yeah. the people don't care, don't know how much you care today. No, yeah. well, don't care what you care what you say until they know how much you that's care. That's right. You know, and I seen something in him. Mm-hmm. And I knew by him being or having it, as much as influence as he had over guys that he would be an asset to the program. Yeah, and I seen that in him, and 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 that's one of the reasons I stayed on him and helped him get in the program. And you see where he at now? Yeah, and yeah. What he's doing now? He's doing yeah. he's doing great things. He's doing wonderful things. Yes, for for us for the program, chance for life, and community and all. And I'd like to add to that. Um, I met this guy named Paul some thirty something years ago. Mm-hmm. Doing this all my time incarceration. Without family and friends like Lionel and, and JMO and CFL family, it would have been more difficult to survive yeah. in prison. We would have made it, or I would have made it, but it would just been harder. Mm-hmm. Brothers like this made it easier for me because I knew that I can always go to them and be honest and open up with my problems and things like that. I met Paul some 30-some years ago through, a, through just a, 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 a fluke. Mm-hmm. This guy lives in um ha- uh, in um Holland, Michigan, and he been in my life ever since. Yeah, wherever prison I went to, he came, and and that's love. That and is, when you, and when you have that love from 
friends like him, friends like Danielle, friends like Jamo, friends like Tom and Jessica, mm -hmm. it makes it easier to yeah. survive and to live. And that's what Chance for Life is about. It's about giving back, showing people that you care and you love, you love them, mm -hmm. and bring them in and help. That's what it's about. See, and that's um, not to sorry, not to change the subject, but that's how that's how Nip Nipsey Hustle did it too. You know, he wanted to show the community that even though he had came up in the world and made all this money, you know, like he he always came back to the community where he started, you know, to show the people that yo, I care, you know, I love my people. You know, and that's uh, the Chance for Life program is that's that's deep, man. You know, like the fact that it gives you that it gives you that love, man. It gives you that courage in order to change. You know, it gives you that spirit. You know, it gives you the spiritual, the mental, the physical, the knowledge, you know, and it's that's what's up. That's when, what you're supposed you to do. To, when you go into a room where all Chance for Life people are, you, you feel that warmth. Yeah, it's that energy. You feel good. That positivity, you know, right? It's lovely going somewhere and enjoying being there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's nice. Yeah. See, that's what that's that's what life's all about, man. I want you guys to stay positive like that no matter what, you know? Like to me, you know, the, the positivity in the world is is lacking these days, you know? A lot of people like one thing I've noticed about coming back from, you know, Colorado uh to Detroit you know, it was it was just different, man. Hmm. Like people don't smile as much, man. <laughs> I'm like, dang, hey. like man. I'm like, hold on, let me get my mug going too. Got that dap. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I can't just be walking around smiling. Somebody don't think I'm soft or something, you know? But it's that's not what it's about, man. It's about being yourself and you know showing the world that hey, you know, I can I can make a difference. You know, like I can, I can, I can make an impact, especially when it comes to the community. Like one thing I really enjoy talking to you guys about is not only your stories, but the impact that you can have on communities through, through the kids, man. You know, and that's what Love Logical is all about. You know, we're all about changing the mindset of some of these that's children, right. yeah. some of these youth, man, because they are the ones who you don't want to follow in your footsteps. No, exactly. No matter what, you know, like they're the ones that we want to see grow and move beyond us. It's like you and your nephew, you know, like you want to see him get that football scholarship. You know, you want to see him go to college, you know, get that degree, you know, don't, don't take the same road that I did. Yeah. Cause that's, that's not the that's road not to the take. Road to you know, that's not, not the, the road, road to, to take, through. man. Like if you see the fork in the road, you need to go right instead of left. That's right. You know, it's not an experience that anyone should have to experience. I want it was the key. One of the key words we talked about is courage. Courage, yes. Because I, I think all of us, you know, going into the prison system and embracing chance for life, it took courage because of the peer pressure to do right. It's like it's funny how I always say that the, uh, going the right way is going against the grain because the grain is actually to do wrong. The things that it should be is not, and the things that is not, it should be. Oh, wow. So I, the courage thing is so important because I, I want to tell the, the, the young people out there that don't be afraid to be yourself. And don't allow anyone to handcuff you to the rules of the streets. Always be honest with yourself. There's nothing wrong with being different. 
we tend to think that if we don't do what everybody else do, then we are passive or in the street language, we're soft. Mm -hmm. But you're not soft. You're courageous to be different, to be yourself. There's nothing better in the world for any of us than to be yourself. Yeah. Because yeah, when deep. you be yourself, you get what you're supposed to get, what God has for you. Don't worry about what everybody else got, what everybody else doing. Be yourself and don't be afraid to be yourself. You yeah. know, another thing that, that, that Mr. Adams used to share with us, so one thing he shared with us recently, but he used to always say that he wants the tough guys. He wants the tough guys. Mm -hmm. he, that's who he wanted to bring into the program, the tough guy. Just the other day, he spoke about being a chump. There ain't nothing wrong with being a chump if a chump means remaining out here in the world, being free, hey. doing good. Or not going in the system. Or not going in the system. Ain't nothing wrong with being a chump. You know, so to all the youngsters out there, you know, there's nothing wrong with being who you are regardless of what someone may think about you. You wasn't born with morals, principles, standards, and beliefs. These are things that you are you acquired you through your upbringing, through your learning. So if they're not working for you, change them. Roger that. Yes, sir. And with that being said, always remember to be yourself. Stay true to who you are. Um, I want to say thank you to Donnie, J-Mo, and Lionel. Um, this was one of the most uh, – this was one of the deepest podcasts we've had. And – you know, it's all about change the mind. The one thing I love that they said was commitment. You know, it takes courage to stay committed to something that you believe in truly, you know, especially when it comes to your heart. So, you know, I'm Delon Kennedy with Love Logical. Um, I want to say thank you, guys. I want to give a shout out to Two Times Focus. Um, you can check us out at Facebook.com. You know, that's Love Logical. Or you can go to our website, which is lovelogical.com. Um, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask them, we're going to have part two next week. So give us a shout out. Let us know what's going on. And we'll ask any questions that you guys want to do. Lionel, you got something quick to say? Oh, I was just going to say you can contact Chance for Life at 313-784-9209. We'll answer any questions and help yeah. any way we can. That's our main office. Yeah. If you got somebody that, you know, could use a little bit of assistance, somebody that needs some help, you know, definitely, definitely reach out to Chance for Life because they can help change the mind, the heart, and the soul. All right. Uh, I'm Delon Kennedy once again. Thank you. And see you next time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, fellas. Thank you.